we are grateful we praise you and we worship you living God you move mountains you make ways where there seems to be no way your oh God you are true Jehovah Father, even when the Yemeni thinks it is over, but you come true. You make a way where there seems to be no way, Jehovah. We praise you, Father. Yes, Lord. We praise you, Father. We worship you. We don't know how you do it. We don't know why you do it. But you keep on, Lord God, because you are merciful. We worship you. We praise you. Holy Spirit, acknowledge you. We welcome you in this place. We open up our hearts to receive your word, oh God that you speak to us, that you order our steps, that you renew our minds, that you prune us with your word, oh God. Correct our motives with your word. Direct us, Lord God, and we will go. Like Moses spoke unto you, Lord God, and he said, if you will not go with us, we refuse to leave this place. So precious Lord, may we go from glory to glory with you. May we rise walking with you, precious Holy Spirit. And make it known that I'm not trusting in my own limited abilities to teach this your truth this morning. That you speak through my lips. I stand on your word in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. That you have stretched out your hand and touched my mouth. And you've put your words in my mouth, O oh Lord God. So speak this morning through my mouth. Think through my mind, O oh God, and let revelation flow, causing faith to rise in the hearts of your people. We love you, precious Lord. We love you, Lord God. We are not just here about things, O oh God. We are not after the things. We are not desperate for money. We are not desperate for materials, Lord God walk with you. We want to walk with you, Lord. You are our priority. And we love you, Father. We love you, Lord God. Thank you for your presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. Praise God. is a good God. Amen. He is a faithful God. Now, we are having part two from what we started speaking about last week. Standing before you is Dean Gosi. I greet you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know that God loves you. Say it with me. The Father loves me. I am precious to the living God. The Lord loves you, child of God. I greet the leadership of the house in the name of Jesus, and I want to acknowledge Pastor Abby in his absence and all the leadership, and I thank him for this privilege to stand before the children of the Lord and to share the word with you this morning. Now, Let's get into the word. Are you ready for the word? Are you ready to be corrected, directed, and led by the Holy Spirit? Praise God. So last week, we started our message, and we're talking about sowing a seed for your need. And we are looking at 
determining the seed to sow for your need. A lot of times needs arise in our lives when we realize that what I, do, what I have is not sufficient for what I need and what I need to do. So we are teaching you kingdom principles on how to walk in the provision of the living God. When we spoke last week, I laid a foundation by the leading of the Holy Spirit that we are not here to teach you formulas and methods. We are teaching you kingdom principles. We are not teaching you to trust in a process, but we're teaching you to trust in the God of the process. The Holy Spirit made a, a very interesting example to me last night when I was meditating on this word. He says, you see, when you begin to, to trust in the process and in the methods, right, what happens when you don't see results the way you think they should come or at the time you think they should, they should come, you start, you see, when, you see your TV when it has a challenge, right? You remember those old TVs? And when it was not tuned into the right station and the picture was not clear, what did you do with it? You smacked it, right? <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> the Holy Spirit says, when we start trusting in methods and processes, we do that with the Word of God. We go back to the Word. Why are you not working now? What's going on? Instead of resting in the Lord and knowing that His Word never fails. See, with the Word, you can't smack it to work. The Bible is incorruptible seed. So if you're not seeing it work, it's not a challenge of the Word. It's a challenge of your heart. So the correction there is go back and see what is going on in your heart. If you say, I believe God has provided and God is going to meet my needs, check in your heart. Are you really persuaded that he is? And he will. So we can't do that with the word. That's why we are not teaching you to trust the process. We are teaching you to trust the God of the process. Now, we spoke about different kinds of seeds that we find in the kingdom of God. And we spoke about that our words are seeds. The Bible is a book full of God's seed. And that is the word of God according to 1 Peter 1 verse 23. We said also our actions are seeds. According to Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 to 9 and Matthew 7 verse 12. And we also said thirdly our gifts, the things we give, giving of materials and finances there are also seeds. And we looked at Luke chapter 6, verse 38, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 10. So I'm doing a recap so that those who are not here last week can be able to catch up. All right? Now, we also looked at four components that are involved in sowing and reaping a harvest, a financial harvest. We said there's the soil. What or how much? Oh, sorry. We said there's the seed. What and how much you will sow. Number two, we said there's the soil where you will sow. Number three, we said there is water, which in brackets, time. How long it will take and what to do when you wait. And the last one, we said it's the harvest. How much you will reap or what you will reap. All right? So we're together now. We know where we are, right? All right. Now we're getting into seven steps on how to determine the seed that you need to sow for your need. All right. I need my props. Where is Pastor Levesi? I need my props ready, close. All right. So, step number one in determining the seed that you need to sow for your need. Some of those who are in Bible college will remember the step. It says this, decide on the amount or the size of the need that you have. Be specific and practical when deciding on the amount. So that's number one. Decide on the amount or the need that you have. Be specific and practical about the need and the amount that you need. All right? That's step number one. This can also depend on your faith. Remember, this whole process we are teaching you is a process of faith. It's an act of faith. So you need to know that your faith is ready to work with the Lord. Let's open Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 together. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. 
and we have it on the screen. And it reads as follows. And my God shall supply all. Please, if you have your Bible, please circle that word all right there in your Bible. And my God shall supply all your need. What is included in all? What is included in all? Is there anything left out? If I need a house, will this work? If I need a car, will this work? If I need money, will this work? So all your need means all, right? And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, we're going to go into how did, it come, how did they come to the place where Paul would be able to say those words to the Philippine church. But right now, I just want you to note that God is able to supply all your need, every kind of need that you have. Say it with me. My God is able and is willing to supply all my need. There is no need too big or too small for God. Never think, God, what I need is way too big. And never think, God, what I need is too small for me to use my faith for it. There is no need too big or too small for the living God. So you can know that whatever the need is, when you've determined according to step number one, God is able to supply it. All right? Then step number two. Sir, my props. Are they not in the fridge? Please check. Okay. All right, no problem. All right, step number two says, so according to the harvest that you need. So according to the harvest you need. Let's open 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. So we are teaching at the moment. So we are learning practical steps in believing God to supply my need. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And it says this, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Last week, I mentioned this, that this is not necessarily always talking about the amount or the thing that you're going to sow. It means increase the capacity of your heart. Don't go before God having plenty but being stingy and giving little and expecting a big harvest. Grow the capacity of your heart. How do you grow it? It means you have to begin to stretch yourself. Give even when you don't feel like giving. Give even if it doesn't seem enough. That way you begin to stretch your heart to give even more. And that's where you can get to the place where you are able to sow bountifully. What is this about? There's many people who sow big amounts of money, but according to God, that's not a bountiful sowing. Why? Because they give from their abundance, but they give the little. They tip God. They sow tips. You know how when somebody's going to give a tip and they look for the smallest change? I believe, uh, children of God, you are not doing that in the house. Amen. <laughs> if you were, you are repenting right now. <laughs> but what people want to do is they want to store the rest and give the little out of that and say, I've sown enough. I've given enough. So when we're saying stretch the capacity of your heart, we're saying begin to stretch yourself in how you give and how much you give until you reach the place where you can give bountifully. So bountifully is not necessarily about the size of your seed. It's about the size of your heart when you sow. Are we together? Now, sow in line with the harvest that you desire. Let's look at Mark chapter 4 verse 26. Mark chapter 4 verse 26 together. Can we have it on the screen? Mark chapter 4. Thank you, sir. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. 
And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. I want to look at the NLT. Do we have the NLT? Mark chapter 4, verse 26. All right. And the NLT reads as follows. Jesus also said, here's another illustration of what the kingdom of God is like. A farmer planted seeds in a field. A farmer planted seeds in a field. And I said this last week, that Jesus wanted to show them how the kingdom of God works. And in many pictures that Jesus could paint, Jesus paints a picture of a farmer. And he says, this is how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God works by seed principle in every aspect. If you can understand this principle, you will understand how to see God supply anything that you need at any moment, in any season, at any time. Are we together? Now, it says, a farmer plants seed in a field. So, I want you to take a moment right now. Take a break from your notes. Picture yourself as a farmer. Right? Now, your need at that moment as a farmer is to feed your family. So, you will plant seeds in a small field, right? Maybe a backyard garden. Have you seen those? All right. Just enough to supply for the family. Expecting a harvest that's just big enough to feed you and your family. Now, do you have that picture? All right. So, let's say this is my space in my backyard, and I've sown seeds there, and I'm expecting maize mills, mills, right? Um, corn to grow in my backyard. All right? So I'm sowing those. That's going to be enough harvest to supply my family with food for at least some time, right? Now, we're going to upgrade that picture now. Now again, picture yourself as a farmer. But now, you have to supply maize, a maize mill company like Ace or Star, whatever they call them, right? You can't sow in that kind of size and expect to feed all those people, right? You can't meet that need. Do you see it? Are you getting something from that? Do you see the illustration? Now, here's the thing, the power of a seed. So this means you'd be sowing on hectares of land now. Imagine a big field that you've been given to supply all those families. Now, this is the interesting thing. This is why I wanted corn specifically. All right, I'm going to take one. Now, say I had this corn with me, right? And I just have this one kernel of corn with me and I was hungry. Can this feed me? Okay, I mean, I can take some oil. <laughs> I can take some oil, put it in a pot, put my corn in there. Let it pop and become some popcorn. Is it going to feed me now? Will I be satisfied? Okay. Uh, this side seems to be getting it. Will I be satisfied? Okay, so I won't be. Right? Now, the truth about the Word of God is that most of the time when you have something that is not enough, to supply the need that you have, it's probably a good size for you to sow as a seed. So that moment right there, you must start discerning, this could be my seed. The mistake we make as children of God is that when our, the capacity of our hearts <laughs> is limited, what we do when we only have this, we think there's no way I'm sowing that. <laughs> Suddenly, we're just like, there's no way I'm going to give. God, you expect me to give this? There's no way. I'm going to eat that. And we wonder why at the end of that day, we're going to run short. 
All right. Now let's continue with the power of the seed. I had to research some stats on how this corn works. One kernel of corn can produce two to four ears of corn. This means you would have two to four fully grown of these from this one seed. <laughs> Wait, you are not kidding. From this one seed, kernel of corn in my hand, it can produce two to four of these fully grown, not chopped in half, fully grown from one seed sown in the ground. <laughs> Farmers seed all the time. There's a time when I was in KZN and we did it and I saw it. From one small seed that we sowed, we sowed one day, one day, one day, and they all produced at least two to four ears of corn each. Now, can I eat this and will I be satisfied? Yes. Why? Now it has been multiplied in the ground. You see, God wants you to sow the very thing that you have so that he can multiply it in a miraculous way. It's a miracle that this small seed can produce this much, isn't it? Now, let's take it even higher. Now, each ear, which would be one of these fully grown, has about 800 kennels. This means it has each one of these seeds, about 800 of them each. <laughs> that is incredible multiplication right there. Are you with me? So this kennel of corn alone, when you have sown it, and it produces one ear alone, has about 800 of these on it. Do you see the miracle of multiplication? This is how it works. We're breaking it down together. Now, if you can have those four ears of corn, it will be equal to 3,200 kernels from one harvest. But we started with what? One seed. Suddenly, we can feed a lot of people. Imagine now again, since we are supplying, we're still in that picture, right? We have hectares of land, and we are supplying maize meal. So we have to supply actually corn for a maize meal company. So now you sow those 3,200 kennels that you've just received. It's enough to fill all those hectares of land with corn. Suddenly, multiplication has happened, and you can meet thousands and thousands and thousands of needs. If you can have this picture in your mind and understand that a seed in my hand may leave my hand, but when it hits the ground, it's going to multiply, you will never feel bad about every seed that you sow. You will never be discouraged. Because when you go through the word as we continue, you're going to see that you don't know how it happens. No farmer can explain to you how this miracle of multiplication happens in the ground. Can they explain it? No, they don't. They don't know. Nobody knows. But the God who said in the book of Genesis, every fruit shall produce after its own kind, knows exactly how it works. That is the miracle working God. Child of God, can I just tell you that when you're applying this principle, you've got to be willing to trust completely in the miraculous working God. That, Lord, I don't know how it's going to multiply, but I just trust you to multiply it. This is why I said I'm not teaching you a principle that I want you to trust in a process. I want you to trust in the God of the principles. So do we see how multiplication happens? So you sow according to the harvest that you need. That's step number two. I said if what you have in your hand cannot meet your need, it's probably fit to be a seed. Multiple times in the Bible when people had needs, God used what they had in their hands to multiply it and meet their needs. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 5. 
from verse of chapter 17, sorry, 1 Kings chapter 17, from verse 7 to 16. We're going to read quickly. If we can have it on the screen, that would be awesome, all right? So, background of the scripture, the man of God, the prophet Elijah has, uh, has been staying somewhere, Elisha. He's been staying somewhere, and the Lord has been taking care of him. He's been moving from place to place, and wherever he goes, God supplies his needs. So he's been sitting by this brook for a while where provision was always there for him. And the Bible now says, but after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Let's continue. Then the Lord said to Elijah, let's move. Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. There is a widow there who will feed you. I have given her my instructions. Let's continue. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a cup of water? Let's continue. As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. Hey, this man of God is demanding, eh? <laughs> you asked for water, now you're asking for bread. Let's continue. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house and have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then eat I and my son and we will die. So she says basically, this is the last of it. We don't have anything else after this. So what you are asking us for bread, if you take this, this is the end of it. How many people come before God many times, like I said, and you have something that you think, God, this is the last of it. I can't give this. If I give this, there's nothing else that I can do. Now, when you continue with that story, this widow woman listened to the prophet, and eventually he made the meal, and that one meal produced hundreds to follow, if not thousands to follow, of other meals for all other nights. From that one meal that she gave, there was enough supply to supply her probably for a year or even longer, because she was willing to give the very last that she had. What you have might not be enough to meet your need, but it might be enough, just enough, to produce the harvest that you need. It's challenging our minds, right? <laughs> it's renewing our mind, and it's stretching our hearts. Another example we see in the Bible is John chapter 6 from verse 9 to 11. I'm not going to read it. We know it. Jesus was preaching, and the scholars tell us that every single time Jesus would be preaching, there would be about 5,000 people following him everywhere he went. So this means he had about 5,000 people to feed plus more because the Bible says it was 5,000 men, right? And there was children, and there was women as well there. And Jesus says to them, these people are hungry. They've been following us for many days. And the disciples try to figure it out in their own way that, man, we don't have enough to supply this. We don't have the money to do this. We still need to go and buy bread somewhere. They didn't know that they have the miracle-working God right there with them. And Jesus says, they said, there's a, a young man who has only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring that to me. They brought it to him. Look what he does. He takes the very little that was there and he lifts it up to the heavens. The Bible says, and he gave thanks. The lesson there is when you have something that you feel is not enough to meet your need, don't curse it. Don't begin to speak negative about that very thing. Oh, my salary is not enough. Oh, it never really meets all my needs. Oh, man, I don't have enough. Oh, God, why are you giving me so little? I'm broke. I don't have much. You are cursing the seed in your hand. 
Why do you speak like that? But instead, he took it, and the Bible says, and he blessed it, and he gave thanks. And we know the rest. It multiplied so much so that there was more than enough left over for the one who sold their meal. They gathered more baskets, 12 baskets of bread from only five loaves and two fish. Child of God, what is your attitude when you have little? <laughs> what is your attitude when you are left with only the seed and it doesn't seem like it can meet the need? Do we start cursing God? Do we start challenging God? God, you said in Malachi, if I return the tithe, you're going to open the storehouse. God, you are not doing it now. We start smacking the word <laughs> like the TV. Why, are you, why is it not working? <laughs> Don't cast the seed that is in your hand. So, if you have a need, check what you already have that can be sown to produce the supply. God gives seed to the soul, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. You can write it down. I'm not going to read it. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower, bread, and as well as multiplies the seeds that they sow. So it's either you already have a seed or you need to trust God for it. So if you don't have a seed at all, you don't have nothing at all, the Bible says this, that he gives seed to the sower. So this means I can go back to God and say, Father, I want to sow for this need and I need you to supply a seed. And he will give you the seed. There's a time the Lord dealt with my heart and something that's actually in the house somewhere. And the Lord said, they're going to raise funds for this thing. I want you to sow towards it. I'm like, Lord Jesus, okay. I started with a small amount. You know, <laughs> I started with a small amount. And when the day came, the Lord said, raise that amount even five times higher than what you thought. I'm like, Jesus. And I obeyed. And in the obedience, I didn't have the seed. I didn't have that money. I tell you, immediately when I accepted that challenge that the Lord gave me to sow that seed, within the following day, something clicked in my account. <laughs> and it was enough for me to sow, and it was enough to meet the needs that I had. God gives seed to the sower. I didn't know where that money was going to come from. I was still calculating and trying to figure it out. Maybe, Lord, by the end of the month and when this happens, this is when I'm going to sow the seed. But right there, when I just accepted the leading of the Lord, the seed came. So if you don't have a seed, don't despair. Trust the God who supplies the seed. He will supply it. Step number three. Identify a need to supply. When you look at 1 Kings chapter 17 from verse 7 to 9, the woman had a need, but God challenged her to meet somebody else's need first. Now, when we spoke last week and we looked at actions, the Bible says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So in this case, the woman, the widow woman had a need, desperate for food, desperate for supply. And God sent a man that was also desperate for food. And God said, I, I've instructed a widow woman. God instructed that woman to sow the very last meal, meet the need of the prophet. And after he, she met the need of the prophet, then her harvest came from that. So you have to identify a need that you can supply. You can identify a need in the church and so there. You know there's things that are needed in the house. Or if there's fundraising, anything like that, identify a need in the church and so there. You can identify a need in the life of another believer and so into their life. If you know this one is trusting God for a car, 
go as far as knowing that as I'm trusting God for a car and this one is also trusting God for a car, I'm going to take what I have and sow it into their lives towards the car. We're teaching you kingdom principles. It's not going to make sense like the world does things. We are not of this world. We spoke about last time we said the way up in the kingdom is the way down. So God says, okay, I see your need, but go find a need to meet first. You can even go as far as looking for someone with a similar need. Someone trusting God for debt cancellation and you need to get out of debt too. What you do is you contribute to that person's repayment of their debt. It doesn't have to be the full amount. It doesn't have to be the half amount. Whatever you have in your hand as a seed, go forth and tell them that I'm just here to sow that you get out of debt. As you are paying for that thing, this is my seed towards that. Whether it is a bond that you want to get out of, whether it is payments that you need to catch up with, you go find somebody with debt like that and you contribute towards their repayment. If you are trusting God for marriage, so to a couple about to get married. I mean, hello. <laughs> the key is to be led by the Holy Spirit. Say this with me. In all these things, I must be led by the Holy Spirit. You can literally ask the Holy Spirit to show you the person with a need and sow into their lives. And he will direct you. There's a time when I did that. I tested the Lord on this. And I said, Lord, I have this much to sow. I don't know who to sow it to. I don't know where to go. I don't just want to give it anyhow. Because I'm intentional about my sowing. So I said, Lord, please direct me to somebody with a need so I can sow. I was actually here at church that morning during the week. And as I left, I went this way. I was about to go to work uh, down there in Goldman Street. And then on my way there, I passed this man, and this man asked me for time. Just asked me, uh, can I check what time it is? And I just looked at my phone, and I gave him the time. As I walked away, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me that is the first person. So I turned around, and I went to him. Uh, Gentlemen, how are you? Sorry, sorry to stop you again. Um, the Lord said I should give you this. I took out the amount, and I gave it to him. And immediately, the shock in his face. He saw the love of God right there. I could tell by the reaction. He was desperate for that. And he walked away having his need met. So I went to work, finished work. I didn't get the second person that time. Now when I was leaving work, coming back up on my way, now I'm searching again. Holy Spirit, I still have an, a standing amount, a balance to sow. Who can I sow it to? As I'm walking up, I'm seeing different people, you know, there's car guards um, that help in the streets. So I'm looking at them, I'm thinking the Holy Spirit is going to speak. Nothing. Until I'm passing Ackermans, that side. And as I'm passing, facing this way, I spot that I can tell there's a woman standing there, but I don't mind her, and I just pass. And the Holy Spirit says, that's your second person. Turn around and go back. So I turn around, and I go back to her, and I just stop by her, and I reached out. And I took out the amount and I said, the Lord said I should give you this. Actually, I didn't even say the Lord said I should give you this. I just said, I want to give you this. And she almost burst into tears. She became emotional. And she said to me, how did you know? I'm like, what are you talking about? She says, how did you know? Now I'm, now I'm concerned. What is she saying? She says to me, as I'm standing right here, as you showed up, I was actually praying in my heart to the Lord. Because I need to go somewhere right now, and I don't have the amount to get there. But you showed up at the moment as I was praying. And by the time I left there, I knew the Holy Spirit had done the work that I asked him for. So, child of God, you can be led by the Holy Spirit to people with a need. Amen? Point number four. Name your seed and claim your harvest. Name your seed and claim your harvest. Mark 11 verse 23. 
Mark chapter 11, verse 23, one of our favorite scriptures. Pastor Tabelo, when he got to greater works, said, is this the only scripture they read? <laughs> it's a, one of our favorites, and now it's his favorite as well. Praise God. It says, for verily I say unto you, that whoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and will not doubt in his heart, but will believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. I'm going to say it again. He will have whatever he says. Say it with me. I will have, I will have whatever I say. Again, I will have whatever I say. That is the key. So right in that moment, when you now believe that God is going to supply and you have the seed in your hand or you are about to transfer the amount, whatever the case is, right there, name your seed, tell your seed, this is what you're going to produce. This is the need I have and you're going to produce it in the name of Jesus Christ. Claim your harvest. Believe right there in that moment. Verse 24 of Mark 11 says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. So right there in that moment, as you are using your faith, believe that you receive your harvest. Believe that you receive the need met. From that moment onwards, you begin to say, I have this thing. I have received it. I have got it. You understand? Zechariah verse 8 uh, Zechariah chapter 8 verse 12 says, the seed will surely prosper. Zechariah 8 verse 12 says, the seed will surely prosper. So that is a guarantee. For the seed shall be prosperous. The vine shall give its fruit. Let's continue. It says, the ground shall give her increase. And the heavens shall give their due. I will cause the remnant of these people to possess all these things. There's, God, there's things God needs you to possess, but until you sow the seed, you won't possess them. The ground shall give her increase. So when you've sown the seed, believe this word and know that the seed is prosperous in the thing that you are believing God for. Are you learning? Are we together? Are you going to apply this? Okay. Now, if you are sowing to somebody who's a believer already, you can even tell the person what you are trusting God for, and they can agree with you for your harvest. They can get in agreement with you. This Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 says, If two or more agree touching anything that they ask, that's Matthew 18 verse 19, the, God, the Lord God of heaven will do it. So if I was sowing to Pastor KG, I'm sowing a corn. <laughs> I would say, Pastor KG, I am trusting God for a maize meal. 2,5, Lord, I already have one, but anyway. <laughs> and I would tell them that as I'm sowing the seed in your life, this is what I'm trusting God for. Because he's a believer and he understands what I'm doing, as I give it to him, he can agree with me. And he can say, Father, and he can pray for me. And say, Father, we stand in agreement right now. That as Ngosi is trusting for this, we believe that he has received it and we release the angels of the Lord to bring it to him in the name of Jesus. We bind the devil against the seed in Jesus' name. Amen. That teaches you as well how to receive. So when somebody is sowing into your life, don't just take it and walk away. And just <laughs> don't just take it. I mean, yes, be glad. Receive it with gladness. That's awesome. But find out. Is there anything that you're trusting God for? And if there is, then you agree with them right there. Father, I am not the one who can bring the harvest, but you are the Lord of the harvest. So you will multiply the seed that they are sowing. Are we learning? Step number five. Thank God for the harvest. Thank God for the harvest and spend time praising and worshiping God. 
thank God for the harvest and spend time praising and worshiping God. This means at any moment when you remember that you have that there's a need that you are trusting God to supply. Don't start moaning and grumbling and complaining and cursing your seed. Right there is the opportunity for you to just raise your hand and say, Father, I thank you that I have my harvest. Thank you that this need is met. Thank you that I have this thing. I believe that I have received it. Oh, I worship you, Father. Oh, I praise you, Lord. You supply all my needs. That is the moment right there for you to praise God. Psalm 67, verse 5 to 6. You can write it down. I'm not going to go to it. Psalm 67, verse 5 to 6. It says this. It says, let the people praise the Lord and the earth will give her increase. Some of the things you are trusting God for, the reason why they are taking so long is because you are not praising God. It's because you sowed. And you just walked away trusting the process. But there's no relationship between you and the God of the process. If there's anything that you're going to learn about these principles is that they're going to move you to walking intimately with God. If you don't know how to walk with God, what are the chances that you're going to apply this successfully? So this means your walk with God has to be intimate. This is why we are not teaching you just to trust in methods. We are, tr we are teaching you to walk with the God of the provision. So then it says this. It said that, that praise the Lord and the earth shall give her increase. Again, in John 6, verse 9 to 11, we read it a bit. We spoke about it a bit earlier on. The Bible tells us that Jesus gave thanks and the multiplication miracle of the fish and loaves took place. Thanksgiving is the language of faith. Let your prayers be filled with thanksgiving to God for supplying your need and not requests again for the same thing and not complaints about the same need. Don't doubt God in that moment, but dismiss your doubt with praise to God. Don't doubt God in that moment, but dismiss your doubt with praise to God. It means when the enemy comes knocking and says, do you really have this thing? Did you see the time? <laughs> it's true, just now. That's not a moment for you to start panicking. Right there, you dismiss doubt with praise, and you lift up your hands again, and you thank God. Thank you, Father, I have received it. You are faithful. The process that we're teaching you here, this part of the process of the steps, is also part of resting in God. In Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 27, the Bible says the sower does not, know, does not know how the multiplication happens. The Bible says he goes back and he sleeps and he wakes up. And he sleeps again and he wakes up. But until the harvest comes, that's when he's ready and he goes out and he gets his harvest. So you rest in God. You don't start trying to figure it out in your own way. If God doesn't do it, let me see how I can do it myself. The thing about that is when you do that, it means you are going to work and God is going to rest. <laughs> I don't think you heard that. When you start trying to figure it out, how you're going to do it, although you said you are trusting God, you are saying God must sit down. You're going to do it yourself. So God is going to rest. <laughs> so you have to rest and allow God to do it for you. Are we together? Let the seed do its work. Never confess or pray lack. Sometimes when we begin praying, oh, Father, I don't have anything. Really? Don't say you don't have anything. Oh, Father, you know I'm poor. Oh, okay. Is that what you want to have? He's the God of the abundance. You have what you say, so never confess or pray lack. Confess that the need is met. Pastor Katlejo, the last time, taught about stewardship. Part of stewardship is how we manage the earth according to God's standards with our words. Steward your words. The Bible says we're going to give account for every idle word that we spoke. This means any unproductive word that we spoke on the earth. 
The moment we said, oh, those politicians are useless, the Lord will ask you, come, my child. Why did you say that about me? Because instead, you could have said, thank you, Father, that they are changing and they're going to do things right. Because the word you released was unproductive. Any negative word that you speak as a child of God, it's not necessarily just a negative word. It becomes a curse. It becomes a curse. So how many things do you curse with your mouth when you speak negatively about it? When you speak negative about your finances, you are cursing them. The Bible says this. Actually, no, Dr. Theo loves saying this. He says, God will only do for you as much as your words allow him to. He will never do beyond what you say he can do for you. So don't curse your ground. Step number six, which is the last step. Now, you've sold, you've believed, you are praising God, you are expectant. Be alert and sensitive to the Holy Spirit about where to harvest, how to harvest, and when to harvest. Be alert and sensitive to the Holy Spirit about where to harvest, how to harvest, or when to harvest. I want you to say this with me, and this must be one of your declarations each and every single time. Say this with me. I am led by the Holy Spirit. I am sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I hear his voice clearly and accurately at all times. I'm obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. When you are always constantly declaring that, your spirit will always remain active, tuned to the right place to hear the Lord as he orders his steps. So be alert and sensitive to the Holy Spirit about where to harvest, how to harvest, or when to harvest. Psalm 23, verse 1 to 2, the Bible says, The Lord is your shepherd, you shall not lack. Where the Lord leads, there is always provision. The shepherd knows where the green pasture is. The shepherd protects the sheep from danger or loss. The shepherd knows in each season where the water is. John chapter 10, Jesus introduces himself to us as that shepherd. And he says, I am the good shepherd. So we need to hear the shepherd's voice. We must be able to follow the Lord. We must be led to our provision. He knows the past. He knows the present, and he knows the future. He has the insight we need to thrive. We can experience supernatural success by following the voice of the shepherd. What will happen is we'll find ourselves at the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing. Because God has prepared a harvest for you there. And because you are led by the Holy Spirit, you're going to be right there where God wants you to be. I've experienced moments like that. Even how I got the job that I'm, I'm working right now. I was praying at home. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, wake up and go to that radio station. And I said, Lord, I don't even know anybody there. There's no way I'm going to go there. And the Lord kept on coming back to my heart. Go there. I think for a couple of months, I kept on hearing the same word. And until I decided, Lord, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to go there. And I woke up that day and I went to the place. And I got in there to cut the long story short. I found the receptionist there. And I asked her, um, how are you? I'm well, I'm here because I, I'm, I'm in IT. So I said, I want to learn about IT. I want to start a business. Is there somebody in the station that can assist me? And she said to me, well, fortunately for you, there's this one guy from the UK. He's here in the boardroom right now. He's not even supposed to be here. He was supposed to have left yesterday and flown out back to the UK. But for some reason, he's here. So let me just find out if he will speak to you. And then lifted up the phone and spoke to him. And the man said, send him up. And I went to the boardroom. And I sat with this man. The man immediately loved me. And we had a conversation about all sorts of things. And lastly, before I left, he said, oh, by the way, you are in IT. Can you design a website? I said, yes. He said, I have a company that I need a website for. So can we work with you? 
And right there, the door was open. And that's how I got the job that I am in today. You will be at the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing. God will prepare the people ahead of time. God will speak to their hearts. He will order their steps for your favor. He will bring the provision for you. He will go ahead, arrange circumstances, arrange events, arrange resources just for you, child of God. Because you trust him. I'm at the end of the message. See, in the season that we are in, the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me. He says, the ones that are going to see the prosperity I have prepared for them now is those who are willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. People see petrol prices going up, food prices going up. The world is panicking. But guess what? When you look in the book of Genesis, many times when there was a famine, the children of God sowed seeds and they reaped bountiful harvests. This is the year that we're going to see so much more supernatural harvest if we are willing to believe God. We've come to the end of the time where we have to try and do everything in our own ability. You see, in the kingdom of darkness, some of the people you celebrate and you think they're the greatest musicians, they just had a demonic spirit inspire them to write that song. They had a demonic spirit inspire them to go into that business. What more you, child of God, having the living God on your side? We've got to walk into the places that we couldn't even figure it out how it's going to work. But the Holy Spirit just said, my son, go there. My daughter, go there. Go do that. Go start that business. Go invest there. The Lord knows the most lucrative investments. The Lord knows the best businesses that will succeed in the future. You just got to believe him and be led by him. There's a time of great prosperity coming to the children of God. But those who are led by the shepherd, they'll be at the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing. And they will reap abundant harvests. Are you blessed? Did you learn today? Praise God. I want you to stand up with me and we're going to declare the word of God together. The Holy Spirit says, don't try and figure it out. Don't try calculate it in your own ability. Just trust the word and act on the word of God. Greater works if you will believe with me right now. God is going to bring abundance of finances in this house. I declare it by the spirit of the living God in the name of Jesus that every harvest is coming right now in the name of Jesus that the angels of the Lord are moving on our behalf right now in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to praise the Lord. Praise God, praise God. Lift up your right hand and let's declare together. Father God, we thank you for teaching us how to sow for our need. We thank you, Lord God, 
that you supply seeds for us to sow. You supply bread for our food. And you multiply the seeds that we have sown for you are faithful. Father, we thank you that you supply all our needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We receive grace for prosperity right now. We receive divine guidance from the Holy Spirit. We receive divine appointment from the Holy Spirit for increase, for promotions, for businesses, for supernatural success in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that as our shepherd, you are ordering our steps right now. We hear your voice. We receive your direction to our provision, to our abundance in the name of Jesus. We know how to sow, where to sow, and when to sow. We know where to harvest, how to harvest, and when to harvest. We believe that we have it all right now. All things pertaining to life and godliness you have given us and we receive it. We take it right now by faith in the name of Jesus Christ. 